This call is now being recorded. Welcome to the V2V podcast. We're back. Uh, And today I am talking with my good friend, uh, Travis Shivers, a.k.a. Cocoon. Say hello to everybody. Hello, everybody. Yeah, here we go. Here we go. Uh, We were were trying to figure out what to talk about. Uh, today on the show, it happens to be episode 52, which is kind of amazing that um, yeah. it's gone that far. There have been some structural changes. Uh, I don't think we've done a podcast in a couple of months. I think the last podcast we did was related to uh, uh, rating Area 51, which was <laughs> exceptionally popular for some reason. And like people loved hearing about our take on the absurdity of uh, Storm that was Area 51. A... Yes, it was, we did actually three three different uh, shows on it. No, um, no I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I heard people were there. I don't know how, how, you know, how big it was, but I heard that something did go on there, you know. Oh, I read some account about the, on the day it happened it, it was like September 20th was the date and apparently about 100 people showed up and was having a okay. good time outside the gates and it was cool like no one got arrested it was just people like acting goofy but it was r- literally only 100 people out of okay, the million man, that, that's, <laughs> that's how I'd want to meet the aliens man the tailgate out cooler you know what I mean right right <laughs> That's, so, that's how you started passing the Coors, man. Pass the ribbon. Um, it kind of... That's, that's so funny. It kind of... <laughs> like, I don't know if everything applies to the topic we're talking about today, but it kind of seems like that has something to do with it. The whole idea that a million people are just going to abandon their lives uh, <laughs> one very early morning and, and rush out to... Uh, the Nevada missile testing site, and, right? And, yeah, and break down the gates and and uh, so they can uh, see them aliens. Um, well, yeah, I mean, as far as you mean, like how we were talking about the cybernetics or the hive mind situation, and how you know I'm seeing like with what you're talking about, like uh, how social media and and kind of tells us what we're thinking on a daily basis. It's like you know we wake up, we check in, and like oh this is going on today, and we're all thinking about it and reacting about it and. You know, the Area 51 thing, like, was huge on social media at one point. Everyone's, like, all about it, you know? Well, then, and then it got then it on. into the then real, like, real media, too. Like, I mean, it got out into the world. Yeah. And yeah. and then there were warnings from, like, the military not to do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, um, there's always, to me, like, there's the tell wagon the dog situation. So whatever, you know, is hype in the media, there's probably some laws being changed or some happening that no one that the government doesn't want us to see so you know oh, that was sure. like to me a big yeah a big like hey everybody look at this uh, circus act over here while this is going on over here kind of thing right but they you know yeah. somebody pointed out that um, because there was like two months of lead time from the time the event was created till the time it was supposed to happen that gave the uh, you know the Area 51 folks uh, plenty of time to move the aliens too like <laughs> you know what i mean like they're like oh yeah oh, yeah whatever we're gonna, we've, got like, yeah. we've got a month to get them off site well, i'm sure it's like probably pretty much just an abandoned site 
or some sort of like nothing going on there since the moment any of us ever found out about it you know there's other secret places that we're truly secret uh, oh I, for sure people you know, don't I mean, necessarily know this but there are many areas in, i mean people think like oh area 51 well there's area one there's, a, right? there's area 30 <laughs> totally yeah, <laughs> yeah there's yeah. a bunch of areas yeah. <laughs> And no one, no one cares about the other areas for some reason. They probably just took the aliens of the technology over to like area three, where no one would like think to look. You think um, these, like aliens are <laughs> hanging out in these bases anyway, like playing cards for years at a time? Thinking, oh, hey, <laughs> <laughs> where are you? Oh, I'm in, over in area 19 today. What? Yeah, right? Yeah, I mean, come on. I don't know. The whole thing is ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> it is ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. I do think, I mean, I mean, I love listening to Art Bell back in the day, and that's, you know, when oh, yeah. I started hearing about Roswell, and I do think that's possible, and uh, but I don't think it's been anything since, like, that happened then, and probably for 50, 75 years, not, you know, Area 51, who knows what's, you know, been more secret with more stuff going on in that place. Oh, for sure, and, and there have been like really pretty recently some more more than credible um, uh, testimonies from people who, like you know, military folks, people who you wouldn't necessarily think would be fooled or certainly not like make stuff up about <clears throat> strange things in the sky that were like flying along with them and stuff or yeah um, that's weird because yeah they if it was secret you know if it was some secret military technology those like fighter pilots wouldn't be talking about it anyway because they would know like pr presumably they would say oh that's like that's our stuff right um, yeah but did they come out and say uh, oh we have no idea what this, this these things were um, and then no, and then no one else no, knows either. <laughs> That's weird. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's very strange. I, I like to, uh, I think pursue some of that stuff a little bit. I, I don't think, you know, it's never played out like, uh, the idea of, uh, what's in the sky and, you know, space, well, the astronomy. The possibilities are, you know, such that there's aliens from an actual other planet, or there, there's um, some sort of beings that are multidimensional kind of aliens. It's easier to, um, you know, uh, show to the public that they're aliens, but they're really multidimensional sort of being type things. You know, like, I mean, if you look at like Ancient Aliens, which is on the History Channel, um, right. That's like right public, you know, like mainstream information right there. That's kind of talking over and over again about, you know, all these different stories about some sort of, uh, you know, aliens or fallen angels or these people from the heavens coming down and, you know, mixing with, with humanity. You know what I mean? It's really, it's, it's totally possible that this is still going on, you know, in front of our faces almost, you know? Well, sure. I mean, presumably these civilizations have had millions and millions of years to develop technology that has only recently arrived here or, you know, things like that. Um, we may be, yeah. we may be behind the curve technologically, yeah. uh, which is very possible. We might be, uh, on just a different plane where 
the technology that's out in, in different places where they can actually travel, you know, well, close to light you know, speed. Even at light speed, though, you're, it's going to take like years and years and years to like get anywhere, even at the very fastest rate possible. Like it's going to be, you're going to be like traveling a long, long time. Well, so, I mean, and that's. And that's how the multi-dimensional thing happens, you know, or, yeah. or comes. They're here already, right? So, yeah, they're here, here already, and they have been throughout human history. I mean, it's sort of you know, one of the prevailing theories that you you know is is in in all the like old Sumerians. Actually, that's one of the oldest civilizations. They talk about Anunnaki. You know, Zachary yeah. Sitchin talks about this. You know what I mean? Uh, the biblical reference to the Nephilim. You know, right. is uh, people coming down. And, I mean, you see it uh, all over. This sort of like I say, History Channel, I mean, aliens got hours and hours and hours. Every time you turn it on, it's like, hey, is this, you know, going on? So, uh, yeah, that, that's a part of it. But see, uh, you know, it also brings up, though, I think it might have been Reagan, but I'm not sure. You know, you have presidents talking about, like, yeah, you know, if aliens were to come, that would be one way to see us all unite. You know, like, that'd be one way to, like, see humanity become one again as if, or you know, for the first time, as if an you know alien race came, because then we'd all want to like team up against that, you know. So there, right. there's like there is a it's a movie globalization and a need or want or desire to create a one world government, a one world organization, a one world mind thought or pattern. You know what I mean? Like patterns of society, like that yeah. could be beneficial to it. So there is, you know, um, a possibility that there the government is working with these people or creating it or you know they have a, a vested interest in a uh disclosure at some point my my guess is that like my serious guess is that uh nobody really knows what the hell is going on and I, absolutely uh, i second and, emotion and, button. <laughs> and, <laughs> totally. well, like, like, i just don't i just don't like over time i've developed this uh, pretty, pretty firm belief that regardless really of you. regardless of how much power any person holds, uh, it's it's just not sufficient uh, to know uh, certain things beyond human capacity. Like regardless of how much power you have on, like among people, or, or yeah. like. Um, I, it just doesn't appear that these people, that us, that we as human beings, are are really that smart. Like, we, like you know what I mean? Like, where's the smart guy? Like, I haven't. Well, found I mean, him yet. totally. Like, <laughs> I haven't found the guy. Well, it's sort of the dilemma of being, you know, in our in our bodies, having everything about our reality temporary. The fact that we, we kind die, of know everything about people, body. though. You know what I mean? Then, like we know, like we know about pe how people are, like. Well, like, I don't. Mean, I, I think that's debatable because you know I, I don't think that people are necessarily bad. I think that our culture is bad, and I think we've manipulated for a long time through centuries of yeah, yeah, of yeah, slave, for sure. Slave mentality and you know sort of like a it's like we it's like we live in a, a, a um a human farm. You know what I mean? An open human farm, and they we, we, you know we've been like uh, manipulated like farm animals or slaves to some. Oh, of course, know, of course. People have that kind of power. Where you, Manipulate other people, but it's limited. It's yeah. somewhat limited to to mm -hmm. the resources that of secrecy and authority that we have. People have available to them, and usually that involves well, see, like 
wealth and power and secrecy. But as far right. as like the other like bigger things like beyond human comprehension, I don't know. Like, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, like, you know, people were horribly and, and strangely and and ironically manipulated by like MK Ultra program. Yeah, and that kind of created like also the counterculture at the same time, which is weird. You know, yeah. people were like huh? signing up to take LSD. Right. Um, well, and this gets this sort of gets into the some of this research that sort of sparked us talking about doing this. You know, like the whole um, Peter Pan syndrome. You know, and uh, yeah, that you know the puritanist. Uh, you know the uh, the concept of how you know people. Or a person doesn't develop into maturity. They, we get stuck on, you know, our parents, particularly our mother, you know. Um, mm -hmm. But we'll, I, I'm seeing this in context of our our culture now. Because see how I got thinking about this was I'm writing a book about my hitchhiking experiences and biking across the country and all that. And what yeah. I found, you know, was a sort of this, this, the process of rite of passage, the whole ability. Or the you know the the time going out in the wilderness it's just you against nature and then you know you see yeah, the process of where you you know you become an adult through learning how to survive in that environment you know and it's it was a big part of culture back in the day. Oh yeah, um, and I think in what you're talking about today, I mean it's far, it's been going on for you know many years this whole concept, but the idea uh, of having an over well, overprotective mother that yeah. Well, what, what I'm saying is that we don't have this in our culture anymore. Uh, so yeah. we have we have a people who doesn't disconnect their their way of um, you know surviving from their parents. The whole process was to get taken out of nature for months, get taken away from your mother, your parents, and learn to survive on your own. You, you, you develop independence. You develop a relationship with, you know, your power, your, you know, with nature, with your higher power, with, with your source, and you come back to the village, an adult, and this was a massive part of humanity until recently. We don't have this anymore. Now we have a form of it, and this is my point, through statism or through cultural engineering, where we get told instead of becoming an individual, we pass on that independence from our parents to the state, go to state college. We take on the status quo. We get a wifey, two picket, you know, the the two half kids, you know, picket fence, and we follow and we what we consider right or wrong based on what the state tells us is right or wrong, and we right. base so, us being a good person based on following the status quo rules. You see. So why why don't, why don't why don't more people or why do have people kind of lost the ability to stand on their own? Like how how did that happen? Well, see, back in the day, it would be like the uncles, you know, the, the tribal uncles would, like, run into the middle of the night and grab the, like, teenage boy and take him from the village. I mean, in more, I mean, in more modern society. You know, I get that. Well, I mean, well, because it's the statism. It's a part of globalization. It's a part of what we're hopefully maybe going to get to in this conversation, which is, like, cybernetics and uh, bringing humanity into one consciousness. Perhaps it's a... You know, uh, gets into globalization, the gender 21, and so it's the molding of culture. And uh, in order to take over a whole world of people and their minds, you have to go, you have to initiate this process where you take away the right of passage for individuality, and this is how you still a generation of children. You get them dependent so, on the state through these processes. 
Mm-hmm. Right. So, so what's left? Like, what, what are the choices that people can make to have these rites of passage? Like, it's well, those are it's, possible. It's just, it's, well, for me, it's like this. You know, all I can do, I think, once you reach, you know, anybody who's ever actually been able to reach any, you know, realizations to the top of the mountain and become, you know. Uh, have reached some sort of satori or enlightenment and come down the mountain. We don't know how we got there necessarily. We don't know how we got down and we sure as hell can't necessarily claim to teach anybody. But we can reverse engineer it, talk about the things that are similar about, you know, how I've done it and other people who've done it. It's been going on for thousands of years. Seekers, we've been, yeah. seek, we've been sharing our maps for thousands of years. I'm like, you know, like, well, I've meditated this long. Well, I didn't eat nothing for like 40 days. Well, you know, I took a bunch of psychedelics, man, for fucking 17 days. You know what I mean? Like we, and yeah. so we've been peeking over the veil for thousands of years, coming back, trying to figure out how we did it and share that. But it is happening. And that's, that's the point is like, you, it is, there is a rite of passage. It is true. You just go out. That's why I started when I was 19. I started about hitchhiking with no money. And it was like going to nature with a loincloth and a little knife and having to come back to the village with a dead carcass. You know what I'm saying? Like, Right, and you're still here. That, like, you make, like you survived that. Yeah, like, you 20 years later, you still like doing it. That's the end of it. You lost the fear. Of, uh, yeah. You lost the fear of striking out like that, and actually did it, not yeah. knowing what was going to well, happen next. Right. Well, what to, it does. Yeah. You managed to come out on the other side and, and gain some knowledge of at least of yourself and of the world around you through those alternate channels where really it's like the real channel like the real humanity getting out into the the and it's it sounds like a cliche but the real world and talking yeah. to real people about what they're doing and then sharing your experiences and yeah. it, it it matures you <laughs> you yeah. know it, it, yeah. it, it something yeah. happens where yeah. you kind of lose the need to um, be tied down by anything. And it just yeah, seems you, like people yeah. are scared to like cut those strings. Well, because it doesn't make been manipulated into thinking they can't. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. And so it doesn't make sense. It's illogical. So like you have a hundred bucks in, in your mind, you got to be like, okay, well, I got to go where 50 bucks can take me. And I got to come back turn around and come back at my 50 bucks because you know our minds has to be able to understand the physics the science of it well i only have so much money i need so much food but you take that 100 bucks you know you just go as far as you can on it at that point you've entered into the rite of passage you have trusted right. life with your life now mm-hmm. now you will either live or die and what you what happens in my experience and what i'm seeing go on is your dependence from what used to be your your social structure which is your parents and your your home life is now brought on check and you see the universe come through for you you see life come through for you through the knowledge that you've been given somehow you knew how to make a fishing pole when you needed to or whatever or it's like social currency you learn how to talk to people the right way when you need it and things come to you the opportunities to survive you know and then your dependency becomes between you and your relationship with life or, or nature or the great mystery or god or whatever it is and that independence is what you come back to the village with you're like now yeah. like in your own power you got dignity and strength you ain't got to you know kiss nobody's ass or nothing or like you know stand on nobody's couch because you don't know how to go do things you're on your own anymore you know what i'm saying like that's exactly that's yeah that's what you know i found wonderful in my life and what i'm you know was researching when i found out this topic you know 
and how to, you know, looking for yeah. ways to bring us to people. So I think that, you know, there's certain people that have that spark in them. They have that, you know, those, these desires, you know, people still, you know, they daydream in their lives, you know, and so I just, I think that it's okay to encourage that with people. Yes, it's dangerous. I can't guarantee. I mean, you know, lots of things happen when people, you know, step out of their comfort zone, step out of life and, you know. Yeah, well, I, I think it's, it's dangerous not to. Well, yeah, you know, quiet <laughs> servitude, right? Or desperate, you know, like this, quiet desperation, right? It's so just have like... You, have you read, um, have you read the, uh, little novel Siddhartha? Oh, yeah, totally, yeah. Okay, so, yeah. so that's, I, I mentioned I was, um, writing a screenplay, and, and that's, oh. that's what I'm adapting, and there's a, a great, a couple things, there's a great line in the book that this young man learns and and the, the three skills he learns are that he can he can sit he can wait and he can fast and as long as he can do those three things he discovered that the world will come to him um uh-huh. and yeah. that is you know if he can be secure with himself and and if he can think and wait and sit and ponder that he's got really nothing to worry about because eventually someone's going to come to him and start asking him questions about yeah. what he's doing. And then the, I guess the appropriate response in some ways is, is, well, you came to me. Like, I, why do you think I have any answers? Like, you should just sit here with me. Maybe <laughs> come, nice. come on the journey yeah. with me, you know, and and right. uh, and become a become a wandering monk and, and become a merchant and become a musician, and become a ferryman, and and do all of these things that that you aren't even aware around the next corner, but just to go yeah. on the path and uh-huh. see what comes up, and then yeah. and then engage in that activity, whatever it is, and and find. Yeah. fulfillment in it's like another world man you know it's like it's like another well, world it's like another world man you step into this like you know what i've been talking about is a faith-based life it's like when you got like 15 bucks man and you got your backpack with you and you're just cruising you know you're just like you surrender to the moment and you get to be in each moment as long as you want to and follow the flow and you get to find the rhythms of your of your own emotions and you can rest when you want to rest you know and you can be social when you want to and you can eat when you want to eat and and then you like get more in touch with nature and there's bliss in that you know there's like there's a joy and fulfillment in that yeah like two years ago when i uh two years ago and uh, in fact it'll be two years on friday that i stopped drinking right and oh nice congratulations bro yeah, thanks i'm and, on like and what, 13th of the year and something now bro yay. yeah so what happened much more than the idea of like not becoming intoxicated was the this thing that happened with me where and it wasn't even it was kind of weird it wasn't even really a choice it just something happened to me where I realized that that I didn't have to keep making plans like I, that I could just go through life and take things yeah. like minute by minute day by day and not Bro, stop worrying about it. the future yeah and not really make any like concrete plans about what was going to happen next. And what's happened is that I've had this amazing 
fulfilling, interesting, happy life. Where because I lost all this fear about what happens next. Yeah. And, uh, if I could, if I could, uh, if I could give that to people, I might not. And the reason <laughs> the reason I might not is because sometimes people need to get to a certain level where they're desperate enough to listen. You know, right. to, well, to mean, a different point of view. Understanding enlightenment or understanding the Tao isn't living the Tao. You know, we can explain it, and it's fun to explain, but you have to make your own path to it to understand it and be living in it. You know, and what you're talking oh, yeah. about is beautiful. It's some of my favorite stuff. It's literally the path of the Tao. So surrendering to the path of water, being right. present. You gotta, you gotta, the death of the ego. You gotta give up the future, your ambition, what you think is good for you, just to be. You know, it's like. Oh, we are not our minds, we're not our conclusions, our labels. You know, I'm not Travis, I'm not American. I'm an eternal witness that sits behind that. And you can do spiritual work through meditations and vision for us and write a passage. Find that consciousness where you're just being and your transcend duality and you allow all of life to come to you. The world is spinning and life is unfolding and people think that they stop will, willing or having ambition that they're not going to accomplish anything. But like water itself is always in motion. It just doesn't use its own will. It's just going with the flow. And it carves right. and it carves vocals, you know? Right, yeah. it is kind of funny when people like start talking about that with anxiety because they're they're talking about stuff that hasn't happened yet. They, they don't even have in their hands. They're not even holding the thing. Like, and they're worried yeah, that's, that's they don't, you don't have it already. People. Like, you don't, like, yeah, you but don't have it already. Yeah. Why are you worried about not it's, having it? You don't have it now. Because they think they know what it is. They're like, oh, I think I know what that is, but <laughs> and I don't think I want it because when I think I know what it is, this is what I want. <laughs> it's so awesome. Right. No, it's one of them things. And when you come down the mountain, I was just thinking about this earlier because uh, it's just such a, such a funny moment if you think about the story of Moses coming down the mountain with his face glowing. And if I remember yeah. correctly, I could be wrong, but I think they had him put like a cloth on it. And they're like, you know, just oh, they, imagine, right, like, it was too bright. It was too bright for them to look at. Dude, your face is glowing. I can't handle it. You just saw God. I like, put a cloth on it. I can't handle it, you know? like. Yeah, yeah. Right, they can barely look at him. Like it's like, oh, dude, like cover up, cover up your face. Like you're you're too enlightened. You're too you're too light. Like, well, yeah, too much light. There's too much light coming I mean, out of your face. Like just the irony that you know we're looking for something this enlightenment, and we don't understand what it is. And so when it comes to us, we're afraid of it. You know, because for me, sure. The, the truth about anything about you know my quest for enlightenment has been it's more like fight club it's like actually a very gruesome gritty process it's not like this what i thought was going to be like oh i thought i was going to be a superhuman all guru like i will have no more negative emotions people come to me i will be glowing it's all good baby right. but no it's not like that you just you're still human you still have all the emotions it's just how you think about them or how you perceive them it's the welcoming of the darkness too you know so like you go through the valleys more open open arms but you still have valleys we still have emotions we still get cranky we're still assholes you know like sure those gurus they just presented it as like oh it's just like internal bliss they were just trying to make a buck maybe or great but tell people what they needed you know look, the when, truth is right. you're on my path and it's, it's not like that it's gruesome you gotta look at the devil horns and you hear your own devil horns in the mirror and realize your own darkness and you gotta confront your own shadow Ooh, right. So this reminds this reminds me of two things. It reminds me of uh, people's perceptions of celebrities, and and also oh, yeah. more yeah. to this point, people's perceptions of someone like, hey, everyone's gonna get dressed up and they're like dashikis and robes, and they're gonna go see Ram Dass speak, right? 
So we're going to go yeah. to like the Unitarian Church and sit around and listen to uh, Ram Dass speak. And, yeah. and that's the perception they have of him because he's performing yeah, well, and, he's, and, he's, yeah. and he's doing a presentation. When he leaves, yeah. he's in fucking traffic. He, uh, he's hungry. Oh, yeah. He didn't get enough sleep. Well, I mean, he's, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, totally, bro. Like, yeah, and yeah, people think yeah. that people go in there and they think like, oh, I'm going to be like that guy. Not realizing. Well, it's the stages. It's the stages of. Yeah, yeah. It's, and, it's and, like, or like I want to be like Kanye West. Are, are you sure? Because the perception you have of him is the images that are given to you and not necessarily by, real. Yeah, yeah. By the media, uh-huh. but so you you maybe you're seeing like a, a very f- small fraction of percentage of his life. So if you follow right. him around all day for a week, you would see that he eats, shits, sleeps, cries, gets upset. Mm-hmm. Finds joy with his children, gets stuck in traffic. All you know, all the all of the stuff that everyone else has been like, oh no, you want to be like him? You already are like him. <laughs> like yeah, you, you yeah, are the like celebrity. That. You are that guy. Yeah. There's no yeah. differentiation. Like it's yeah. and, and that's a cool thing. Well, to that's the image they sell. You know, that's the image that society sells is that somehow you know we feel this brokenness and we think that we can become something different through the products or through the you know the lifestyles you know through the achievement of the sort of status symbols and material items and things like this you know yeah yeah but you know everybody everybody really does the same job too like in the sense of like you sit down you stand up you walk you think you manipulate physical objects uh, from a janitor right you sweep in right or mopping He's thinking about what what room he needs to mop next. He uh, he's dealing with the people, uh, the CEO. He he goes into his office. He sits down. He stands up. He writes with a pen. He's dealing with the people. He, he oh he, he got he's eating lunch. You know what I mean? It's like the same fucking thing. You call yeah. it something different, but it's the same it's the same thing. We're all doing the same thing. Like, yeah, <laughs> we use different labels on it, and, and then we value we value these things differently for some reason uh, because because the world tells us so when we buy into it. You don't have to buy into it. You don't have to. Yeah, it's like you know the it's like being defining ourselves through social validity, and I yeah. I think what kind of what we're talking about is switching that whole matrix into living from self validity, making sure that you are in touch with your own inner values and that you live in true to them. And it's the difference between being able to feel happy when you're in a room full of people and they say something about what you're going to do and they're like, man, that's a really dumb idea. We think you're retarded. But you still <laughs> right. feel like, but you still feel like, you know what, that's cool. I dig that you guys don't dig it because I get it and I'm going to still do it. And when you have that sort of true conviction with your own values, that's freedom. And I think that's what this process is about. Yes. Yeah. That's, uh, I think you're right. And, and that really seems to be the way to, uh, if people want to, to break out of this Peter Pan kind of lifestyle, if they want to, because there's so much, like, apparent comfort in not taking responsibility, but. Well, that's uh, the thing is that, and that's the scary part of what we're seeing is that it's sort of like this Brave New World Huxley thing where, like, they won't, you know, even notice what's happening because they're not looking up from the screen. So society's given us such great distractions. I mean, the cell phones are legitimately addictive. They're fun. I'm totally addicted to it. I love it. got many reasons for it. But I also 
still feel like I'll start feeling really good in, in, the, in, in my painting and in real life, all the things I'm learning to do again, like guitar, and I pick up my phone, get on social media, and I get creeped out from it for different reasons, you know? Like, sometimes yeah. it's like a boost, like, oh, wow, so-and-so hit me up, a notification again, whatever. That's cool. But it's like a pseudo-relationship. It's like, now I have these relations with people. It feels like we're keeping up, but all we're doing is, like, liking each other's shit, and that's like being in a jail cell sliding like little pieces of paper under a note you know under a door like you know what i mean yeah yeah those it's are called really... um, those are called parasocial relationships um yeah you know, yeah let me uh nice. i'm gonna look nice. look that up and define it a little bit but yeah it's a parasocial relationship it's not real thank you it's not a thank real you. um nice one Marcus. Nice have on that one. yeah that's it um, and i i noticed the word they're, that, yeah they're one-sided which one person extends emotional energy interest and time the other person or persona is completely unaware of the other one's existence like it's it's like people it's like falling in love with people on like youtube channels like where yeah, you might uh-huh. like you know the your favorite podcast speaking of yeah, trend, yeah. and then we have fans yeah. it's like and yeah. we don't know who they are but they really like what we're doing so yeah. it's, it's just one side of thing, or, or people that you don't know on Facebook, but you like yeah. what they do, you like what they post, yeah. you hit the part button and the like button. And so it's like, and they don't, it's they don't care, they don't interact with you whatsoever, you just like what they're doing. No, um, yeah, yeah. And, and, and this is like... more common with celebrities, sports right. teams, but now it's become, right. more, yeah. now it's become common with everybody. Like everybody yeah, has well, relationships. It's weird. Different versions of that, yeah, levels of that. And it's like making us all fragmented. I was just like talking with a friend about that too, how because we have all these different types of, you know, uh, I hate to say the word relationships, but internet relationships are just people we're talking to different ways or interacting with. Our focus is away from the moment face-to-face with people, you know, and I've noticed that with people now. It's like we're not engaging in the same level of, you know, learning from each other because, you know, back in the day when it was just you and your friend and you got in a fight, you felt like, you know, you felt bad until you made up with that person, sure. you know, and you got the lesson. You Maybe you had to apologize. Maybe you had to feel bad for three days until you finally said, okay, I'm sorry. You know, I get it now. I won't do it again. Yeah. But now it's like someone calls you out on something bad and you can just go get on like social media and get your 15 notifications and feel good <laughs> and not have right. to learn any lesson. So that's part of what we're getting into this you know, society where like everyone's grown up, but everyone's got the emotional maturity of like teenagers. Right. Of these now, I, I yeah. got into a conversation with someone the other day about my my point of view is that, um, like for instance, like Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all the, the big social media platforms, they're not real. And, and, and it's like, what do you mean they're not real? I'm like, okay, so someone posts their wedding, somebody else posts somebody died, Somebody posts a picture of a funny cat, and someone posts something else. It's like we a meme, you know, whatever, whatever it is. And everything right. is treated equally. You're just scrolling past. Oh, look, someone got married, someone died. It's a funny cat. And it's, it's the, it's you treat. You're, we're, we're putting everything on this one level, and and yeah, like it's equal value. In the real world, like, yeah, that's like how the whole world. On there's the same level of like, there's different levels of significance to things. But oh, bro, this is a great topic. Social man. media, everything is See, like level out. This gets into like a book that's called "Amusing Ourselves to Death." To death, right? "Amusing Ourselves to Death" by Neil Postman. It's, it's epic now. Um, yeah, it's written like I don't know, twenty, thirty years ago, and 
but it's becoming more and more relevant and people are picking it up and talking about it in college and stuff and colleges you know they're teaching about it and stuff but he talks about how back in the day what, what you see is two different things go on and one of them is with the media because used to be the news was about things immediately in your community things that affected right. you and things you could deal with local politics local you know weather coming in yeah and these things made you feel empowered because you could be involved with them then the telegraph started happening and that's when that all changed you started getting news from other places that become mm-hmm. okay oh that's really sad about you know iran but what can i do that immediately and, and really we can't do nothing about it immediately and so it becomes irrelevant information to us but we become bombarded by information and we shut off to all of it so now we're not even active in our local community right so you become, you have this like posting culture where people are like they're vaguely uh I don't know, the mind that if they well, like something, a lot of retweet something or post something, that they're actually doing something about it, but they're not. And so it, it breeds this weird sense of anxiety about how helpless we all yeah. are about the world yeah, around Yeah, I dig it. I dig it. Yeah, totally. And so, and it's just all making us more overexposed, overwhelmed, more, you know, uh, dis, uh, you know, we can be callous to it. We're disconnected to it, really. We're not really not active anything, and then we're just looking for distractions, you know. And there's a smorgasbord of distractions for us. There's sports and media and video games and movies and sure. shit, man. The house is, like, literally falling down and, like, hugging on fire. <laughs> right. And there's a big screen and our favorite games going on. And there's people going to sit there till the very end, you know, till that fire oh, yeah. gets to them. You know, that's where we're at, for you sure. know. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And, oh. and another thing, this gets into... Is like Edward Bernays in social engineering. You know, he invented the term public relations to change out, you know, propaganda. And this gets into advertising and how it used to be like, hey, look at this product. It's made of steel. Other ones aren't made of steel. Buy our product. And now it's like, see this girl with these big boobs? Yeah. Oh, wait, who <laughs> Buy is, our wait, what was the guy's name? What was the public relations guy's name? Oh, Edward Bernays in the early Bernays. 19th century. He got hired. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he, he, yeah, he, did the, he got hired. First, his first campaign, right? His first campaign. Yeah, it was like, was the women. Like he got smoking. Women. Women, you know right? about it. You know what's up, dog. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, him, so him. Not he, enough he, women were smoking, so he's like, okay, let's get a bunch of pretty women and have a parade yeah. and have them smoke. And then that's, that's it. Exactly. And so people would see, and then, like, oh, these beautiful women are smoking. I well, guess it's cool for me to smoke, too. Empowerment exactly. for women, being an independent woman, and smoking became a symbol of that through that demonstration of Edward Bernays. Yeah, the Rothschilds, the Rockefellers. And the government started hiring cats like that to Bernays change you know, the, the yeah, yeah, he has man. more to responsibility in how we think than we do. You know what I mean? Like he's personally a cat that's installed so much of our thinking that we think, Oh, I'm a, you know, I'm an independent thinker, these are my views. But dudes like that, man, they're they're, they're social engineers, that's their job title. Right. And so so it gets into the mind like, control and exactly. to strip away the even the the, well, the reality what I, and what of I was free will. into right. was what, what they did see. Edward Bernays was the cousin of Freud, right? And so what they developed right. was, and this goes along with the, the you know the timeline of the telegraph and the onslaught of television and radio and yeah. the whole media, um, the ability to get into the individual's minds, you know, right? Advertising is the is the yeah the lizard mind. You know, it's how they started using the triggers. They basically use these uh, advertising techniques now to trigger within our brains you know the same triggers that uh, dopamines and such that like a drug would do so they've hotwired our brains through the media and now we're like we live a culture of addicts we're like all complete like fucking junkies 
Sure. And I know here's, a, here's a good example. Them. Here's a good example. Like so, many of the car commercials that are that pop up on television today involve um, scares, like like near misses, uh, breaking just in time to not hit the little girl. Uh, you know, logs falling in the road. We have to swerve around. Uh, there, a lot of a lot of advertisement is based on exactly that, like fear of Trigger, oh, I better get yeah. that or something terrible is going to happen to me. And, yep, and exactly. So, yeah, and, and so you don't exactly. even notice. You don't even notice that that's what's going on. But like, they a lot of a lot of this advertisement they breeds fear, so that people feel insecure yeah. and they better go get that thing, or they're not going to yeah. be safe. Totally, yeah. Yeah, the fear of death, the sexual urges, all these things they've they've learned through you know the guise of of advertising to trigger within us, and you know it's 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 incredibly negligent if you think about it. It's very it's very <laughs> malicious in a way. But that's you know if you start looking at like the the television and the the patent, the flickering, the the hertz or whatever is a patent, mm-hmm. and the military developed that. They own that. You know, yeah. it really. It would be it would, it would be something that it would be safe to say that you know the TV and entertainment was designed to help unify the masses the way of thinking more than it was made for entertainment. We think sure. oh they, it's just a big market, but no the Pentagon's involved the CIA's involved with you know I saw an article not so long ago 1,400 movies listed that the government was directly related on on set you know helping make sure that it was done right you know yeah oh yeah I mean, so. It happens all the time, like yeah, um, yeah, and so the, and so you know, uh, like all the Mar- all the Marvel movies, those are all like uh, partially financed, backed up by um, the CIA and the military too. Like it's, it's, oh, a, yeah, huge, it's a huge, huge, huge well, uh, public relations yeah. uh, campaign, and well, people don't like, even realize. It. Yeah, well, it's not crazy to say, right? Like, oh no, no, uh, yeah, yeah, it just sounds <laughs> absolutely bizarre, but I mean, it's it's. These are the possibilities. It's real. I'm not, I'm not, yeah, you know, I'm just like, I like the research, I like to think, I like to find out things, you know, it's, they say, you know, he who controls the people controls the being, you know, the eyeball. So if you think yeah. about it, we're super computers and we watch these movies or these TV shows and we learn social morals through them. We learn how to act and be and think through these things. It's a lot more than entertainment going on, you know. And, right. and this is like, leads us into, you know, sort of the 5G thing and cybernetics, which is, you know, creating a network between um, not only machines but people as well, and that's sort of what I think our future is. In it, it's, it's the most craziest thing you could think about, and it's our almost direct, immediate future. And I feel like that's what we, we should be understanding and talking about a lot because that's what's happening in the world right now. You know, the five G mm-hmm. thing. When everything, all your appliances have this 5G capability, they can connect it all to one, one, you know, to the to the web, and there could be an AI that can process all this, so there could be sort of one mind uh, interfacing it all, you know. And then so, if you look at what like Elon Musk is talking about, he has come very public for a very long time and saying we have to worry about AI, and so his solution is to. Work with the AI, and so he's very quickly developing a, the ability to put chips in our minds, so that basically we're directly connected to the computers and you know the web. He's basically saying we're already cyborgs with these phones in our hands. It's just a data transfer issue. It's we have to look at our phones, we have to touch it, 
and then we have to read it. And but that is the very early onset of us being a cyborg. That's crazy, right? It is. It is. Um, yeah. There's a, there's a you know there's a company called Alcor. You know you know about them where it's um, cryonics where someone's oh um, yeah oh, yeah someone is uh, declared uh, uh, they're clinically dead. Their heart stops beating. They stop breathing. They um, are immediately uh, filled with uh, uh, basically antifreeze and and put in a cryogenic tank uh, to be revived later, or to be or like the whole body. Like you can do the whole body, or you can just do like the your head head down to your shoulders to be later yeah, on revived yeah. and put uh-huh. into and put into like a, a system. So. Yeah. You, knowing, like knowing that you're not you're not going to be, you know, a real person anymore. But, but they will build song. like a cybernetic body for you, so you can yeah, you can come yeah. back in fifty years. Be the bionic man. What? Yeah. yeah, that's gnarly possible now, right? Yeah, yeah that's yeah, real. Really that's happening, happening too. So that's all happening too. Maybe you've seen like I don't know if you've seen like there's a lot of these videos now about the future of AI and stuff, and there's this cat from Japan. And he keeps talking about like, uh, and he says in ten years we're going to be able to um, basically upload our consciousness to the to the world wide web, and and just live there forever. You know, uh, there's a lot like being done with, There's a lot being yeah. done like right now with uh, cybernetics. We can already do insects really well. Um, we're getting to the point where uh, we can mimic small mammals. Um, and and even like animals like dogs like right so we're well, definitely headed in that direction as far as like well and that's and that's all what the, all the wiring right yes yeah. that's basically what i was implying and getting to earlier with saying how our appliances are all going to be connected very soon and then very soon our minds will be as well and so our minds with all of the you know self-driving cars and blah 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 you know is going to be connected to one ai in which will be a hive mind mentality in which it you know it's got we all have one direction that'll be told to us through or the way that okay so the way that will be sold though is with the idea that that you can be or do anything you choose like you can you can be camping out in the woods but you're sitting in your at your desk you can yeah oh yeah it's like you know you can do all this yeah. stuff but you're still like very, very well, yeah. much, yeah. and then you know, and then someone can like knock, you know, whenever a door opens, and there's some, hey, your time is up here. I mean, who knows? It's right. uh, it's super creepy, right? I agree. It's really super creepy. Posthumanism, it's transhumanism. You know, it's like it's. I see it as a fight for humanity. You know, and so like, I, I'm taking my art in this direction. It's sort of like this, you know, resurgence of the analog. You know, I got a typewriter. You know, I've been enjoying actually writing on a typewriter, yeah. you know, and right. I got back into painting instead of making videos as much, um, just to be in real life again. Because, you know, just because a computer can mock emotions, is it really human or alive? And so that aspect of being human, you know, that divine spark that people talk about that we have, you know, that's that's in jeopardy right now through this process. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, and and that's that's why I feel it's important to understand the future, the immediate future. You know, there's microchips in people. There's like a whole, 
you know, uh, uh, world unfolding. The, the 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 Pope is, you know, making meetings with the Muslims and talking about, you know, unify religion. You know what I mean? So, sure. It, it, globalization is what I think it boils down to. If you start really tying all the chaos together and why is there so much chaos? It's, you know, they have to create uh, some sort of World War Three scenario so all the sovereign independent nations will be on their knees, you know, and. I'll, and then that's the only way they would really accept a world leader. So I think it'll be softer than that, personally. I think I think we're already kind of there. Like in that, in that the idea is that I think slowly but surely over the next five ten years that that like the the fighting part will end. Uh, uh-huh. it's, it's becoming it's becoming um, it's not, it's not useful anymore. Like it's there's no. There's no territory to like take, you know. It's like very few instances where uh, there's anything to conquer anymore by using uh, blunt force. Um, I mean, there's only a few patches around the world where that's really kind of going on in the Middle East a bit, you know. And and that's as as the Western world continues to have influence over over the rest of the world and these kinds of technologies come into more uh, prominence uh, there's not going to be the, a need and it's just going to be a waste and seen, seen as foolish um, by by leaders and I think we're approaching that which you know is good in a sense like we don't want people killing each other but it will that will lead to I think the real change uh, in, in kind of in what you're talking about this transhumanist movement where there is this worldwide uh, agreement conglomeration of, of authority and there's going to be nowhere to go that's any different from anywhere else yeah so people are going to want something different and then they're going to spoon feed to something different I mean, that's one thing that anybody that's been able to travel around and, and just be eyewitness to our culture, I mean, that has happened in front of our face all over the country, all around the different different countries I've been to. It's like yeah. the takeover of the international, you know, corporations of restaurants and fast food and outlets. And it's like the same same thing everywhere you go. Same yeah, restaurants. Yeah, and, and, and what's more insidious, is, I think, is that uh, in a lot of cases, those in authority, you know, is kind of approaching more of like a Thanos kind of situation where, where, and we've seen it with um, uh, people living outside, you know, homeless individuals, home, the homeless populations, like those around them don't want them to move. They don't want them to get housed. They want them to not exist. And, totally. Yeah. You know, and like, and, and like poor people, people without, and people without means in general. Uh, a lot of people think that they would be, the world would be better off if, if all of the poor people just like didn't exist, or like yeah, yeah. change yeah. in a little a little environment where they could just like die off. Um, yeah. And you know, <laughs> that's because uh, there's no there's no need for a war in that case. So. Uh, the poor people aren't going to be able to fight back anyway. Like, not, not, not at the end of a gun. Like, they're not going to, or the threat, or, 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 or big uh, bands showing well, up you know, and, and kidnapping people. I mean, 
All this is happening right is now anyway. Thing. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's a whole other can of worms there. It really is. You know? and well, but I mean, because it's it like, is. poor people hating on other poor people is just some Scrooge stuff right there. The social engineering, I don't think it's really going on. If anybody was just looking into it for five minutes, you'd realize corporate, uh, like, welfare yeah. is massively yeah. where our money's being drained. You've got, no, like, such massive money inequality right now it's just absolutely insane you got like two people in the united states now that have as much as half of the country a 1300 yeah. billionaires have 92 to 94 percent of everything in the world like right. it's absolutely insane like that's what we can't afford as billionaires and trillionaires but they have the money to influence culture and to put in the media and put in the movies uh you know put in the education systems put in the uh church systems you know ways of thinking and you know concepts that are prevailing, you know, progressivism and, you know, postmodernism and all these ways of thinking, man, that can be paid for. And that's what's going on. So they get us to hate ourselves. And that's your yeah. overpopulation myth. That's just so dehumanization. Why it's like there's way more fighting and killing on the media than there is loving and hugging and sexual, like, togetherness, you know? Because they want to dehumanize us. So we go, we further get closer to go along with the way that they're killing us slowly killing us and even want us to kill each other you know zombie apocalypse time and we don't do nothing about war we no one does shit about it but maybe post right. about it once or twice and like say that's right you know like we're not calling anybody you know what i mean we're not we don't so it's like they just they get us to just be inactive just sort of uh -huh. like you know in this mindset of thinking that we're just faces in the crowd because there's so much power man like we each have like we, we can all make such a ripple you know i just know that in my little i'm a goofy skinny kid man i uh, you know and i just went out and was able to make there's all these things i could talk about that i got to do with the culture you know like being in the media and stuff and hear about it from around and and you know the influences we make i know that it works because i did it i fumbled i made many mistakes but i just tried and i you know i've felt like i've in my little ways made the world a better place and i see how you've done it and you're you know, in, in your process and watching you explore your art and your life, man, you know what I mean? The free spirit yeah. types, man, we're on the beach, all the people that came by and all the, you know, and you've, you've been in my video work, you know, that's, you know, we've done the immortalization process. My that's, right. that's right, that's right. You know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I I think uh, this, is, this is a good talk. I think um, it leads us to a bunch of other conversations that uh, we we should have and like some yeah. maybe separate some of this stuff out again and oh, uh, I like, like for instance yeah, like for next week and like and hit some things like more uh specifically but yeah yeah i think this is a this is a great intro to uh to the new yeah. uh the new direction maybe, maybe some listeners can give us some feedback and help dictate that direction you know like some questions or some topics that kind of came up that they would like to yeah. know more about you know yeah. personally i'm open to about any interesting topic um, but the things that we hit on today there's a lot of food for thought there so uh, uh -huh. yeah, I'm looking forward to kind of seeing uh, where this goes and, and, and welcome aboard yeah thank you so much I'm very excited you know um, yeah I, I've been be loving that you've been doing this thing so yeah this is gonna be a lot of fun yeah I, I've been I've been very like um, like damn good move Marcus since you started doing this yeah I guess this is the 52 uh, the 52nd episode. 52nd episode of of the uh, that, podcast. There are over 400 videos of different sorts on the channel. Um, uh huh. Yeah. And uh, you know we've got a 
I've got a Patreon page. We have one patron. You know, that's fine, right? But it's, uh, <laughs> you know, it's like baby steps. Like, I, I wouldn't be doing this unless I wanted to. Um, yeah. I, I'm certainly not caught up in in what the definition of success is regarding the YouTube channel or the stuff I put up on Spotify. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. There are listeners. And, and people are getting stuff out of it, and it, whether that's one person or a million people, it's, it's all yeah, the same. Yeah, well, I mean, it, but it's like what, you know, I learned in L.A. from some incredible people. There's a thing we have out there, you know, it's like it took him 10 years to become an overnight success. That's right. You know, yep. it, it takes time, man. You know, we'll, you know, we'll put the energy in there. And who knows? It's, it's interesting, too. Sometimes, like, I'll pick up a book from some writer 75 years old, and uh-huh. I, I'll get something out of it. And the person's long gone. But like it changed my life. Like I obsess on what I learned from them in that book, you know, and it just kind of shows just how deep the art goes. Like, who knows, you know, who this gets to when it gets to the things we make. You know, it could be a hundred years later before it really gets to the people that it was meant for. Oh yeah, and uh, you know, the the uh, the audience will eventually find it and already have. And like uh, when I uh, when I hook you up with the um, with access to the uh, to the platforms, you'll you'll see. Like it's it's kind of amazing. Like there there's lots of stuff going on here. Uh, people, I've made friends. I've had interesting discussions. Uh, I've had guests on the show that I didn't know would come on. Uh, I talked to a porn star nice. a little while ago that was really fascinating. Um, so yeah, there's like always new and interesting things happening, and uh, we're just, we'll just keep it going. I love it, man. I'm I'm fully on on board, bro. All right, buddy. Fully on board. Talk to you soon. Okay, brother. Have a good night, man. Let me know. You know what's next. All right. (laughs) Bye. Peace.